Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 23, where we're discussing Exodus Part 2, the final episode from Season 1 of Lost. What the hell was all that about back there, John? What was what about? You asked me to let you go. That's right. Now, that thing was taking you down the hole, and you asked it me wasn't to let you go. Hurt me. No, John, it was going to kill you. I seriously doubt that. Look, I need for you to... I need for you to explain to me what the hell's going on inside your head, John. I need to know why you believe that that thing wasn't going to... I believe that I was being tested. Tested? Yeah. That's why you and I don't see eye to eye sometimes, Jack. Because you're a man of science. Yeah. And what does that make you? Me? Well, I'm a man of faith. Do you really think all this is an accident? That we, a group of strangers, survived? Many of us with just superficial injuries? You think we crashed on this place by coincidence? Especially this place? We were brought here for a purpose, for a reason, all of us. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. Brought here. And who brought us here, John? The island. The island brought us here. This is no ordinary place. You've seen that. I know you have. The island chose you too, Jack. It's destiny. Did you talk with Boone about destiny, John? Boone was a sacrifice that the island demanded. What happened to him at that plane was a part of a chain of events that led us here, that led us down a path, that led you and me to this day, to right now. Where's that path end, John? The path ends at the hatch. The hatch, Jack. All of it. All of it happened so that we could open the hatch. No. No, we're opening the hatch so that we can survive. Survival is all relative, Jack. I don't believe in destiny. Yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the amazing episode 23 from the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we're here finally to the end of season one of this amazing show, Lost. We're discussing Exodus Part 2. Wow. Where to begin here? Um, mm-hmm. Let's just jump right into it. I will say um, we've been getting some calls from people. We really appreciate everyone getting involved. And I hope as we uh, jump into season two here with even more mysteries than the first season that you all will help us figure out some of this stuff. So give our listener line a call at 765-439-4190. Let's get into it. 
Okay, so the first thing I have is we start off we, right where the other episode left off. They're standing outside the Black Rock. Right. You know, they're looking at it, and they're all very puzzled about it. You mm-hmm. know, how does something like this happen, Hurley says. Yeah. You know, referring to the fact that there's a huge ship um, in the middle of the island. Yeah. Uh, to which Danielle responds, you know, are you on the same island as I am? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, this is this is probably one of the least weird things that they, that's happened to them so yeah, far. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Arst says it's possible that a tsunami swept it inland, you know, from the, the shore. Right. Um, and once on board the ship, they find out that it was a slave ship from Africa, and it's still filled with skeletons of the slaves who are still chained up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple things about that. I mean, we we find out that well, I, at least I heard something to the effect that there is a few. They estimate like a few miles inland, right? In a tsunami, mm-hmm. no, probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah, uh, and even and then also what I was wondering was, um, I saw the slaves that uh, were chained up in their skeletons, but I wonder where the crew was. Right. You know, I was just kind of thinking like, were they? You know, were they out there somewhere too? Are the skeletons of them yeah, out there right. somewhere? You know, and um, I don't know, I, this whole thing with the the ship being the Black Rock mm-hmm. uh, and the plague and stuff that happened around there with uh, with Danielle's crew right. it still still got me really confused on what's going on there. So Yeah, yeah I think uh, as far as, you know, not seeing the crew yet, I mean, if they've only really explored the bottom of the ship, you know, where the slaves were so far. True. Um, but yeah, it would be really interesting to see what's up on the decks of the ship. Yeah, exactly. If anything, I mean, of course they were just there to get dynamite, so they weren't really exploring. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot of intrigue there with that really old ship with the you know dead bodies on it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, next thing I have was uh, character stuff here. Um, while Jen is in the bathroom at the airport, he encounters a man who also works for Mr. Pike. Mm. Um, he tells him that he's uh, been following Jen and he knows that he's planning to run away, um, but he's going to take the watch to Mr. Pike's friend in California, and if he does anything else, he will lose son and that he is not free and never will be. Right, yeah. Yeah, this kind of... Uh, I, I, don't, I, I blew my mind, actually, because I, I just thought, uh, you know, it was just some guy <laughs> in the restroom. and, uh-huh. and uh, But it, it just, I guess it adds to the mystery of son's father exactly you know even though he's this big i mean it appears like he works for one of the major car companies right yeah you know and it's it's really weird that he has as big of a reach as he does Mm -hmm. i mean that he knows where they're going send somebody there to intercept them right you know who happens to be in the bathroom at the same time you know jen is yeah so so there's some a lot of questions remaining about son's father exactly what all he's involved with um, the next thing I have is a mystery. Um, while they're on the raft, Michael comments, you know, we'll, while looking at the island from a distance, you know, how does a place this big never get discovered? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks massive. And it, it seemed a really odd comment to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, um, I mean, for one, I mean, why are they assuming this island has never been discovered? Well, I guess probably because they're they, nobody's looking for them. You know, they think yeah. anything that's been discovered, people would, you know, go out and they would search... True. At least yeah. I, that's what I would think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess, I mean. By oh, there's no inhabitants on it either. Right. So there's no, True. like, resorts all built up. And exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I guess because Sawyer does make a comment about, you know, building yeah. a resort on it. Yeah, but I, by him making that comment, I think we're to assume that the, the island isn't, hasn't sure. been discovered. Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to assume that now. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I look at the island from just a, you know, uh, spectators. It's a beautiful place, uh-huh. and, if, and I don't like that. Tropical, I don't like that. 
Right. Uh, if had it been discovered, would it be loaded with uh, oh, yeah. tourists, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You have a point you want to bring up now? Um, yeah, actually, whenever I was, uh, we, we were talking about the Black Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it kind of interesting um, that Danielle, she didn't want anything to do with it. Right. She got on there and she said, this is as far as I would go. Mm-hmm. This is a, she said, this is, this is all I'm ready. Uh, or this is all I was willing to do. I was told, bring you here. And then she left, she left, mm-hmm. you know, I wondered why she was so eager to get out of there. Uh, what, you know, maybe she, she knew more than what she was leading on at that point, you right. know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, let's see from there, the mystery, I know we have a mystery and I'm sure we're going to talk about this and you have it in your notes and like that. But, um, uh, well, I guess like we can talk about ours getting blown up. Yeah. For a second. I didn't I have know. any note about it. But well, yeah, I just, let's, I mean, let's, let's do it. Uh, that was, no, there's no mystery there. It just, to yeah. me, it was just, <laughs> I about jumped through my skin know, at, that, at that point. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I was watching it and I didn't expect him to blow up and <laughs> uh but i do have a little bit on on that because after that point they have to decide who's going to carry back the dynamite mm-hmm. and jack and all of them draw straws right well it goes to kate and it goes to Locke. Right. well we find out later that jack had decided to not put it in kate's mm-hmm. but to put it in his own right. and um, it ju- just to me just brings out more and more his connection and his I don't know, I guess, liking for Kate. Right. He didn't want anything to happen to her, wanted wanted to protect her. Yeah. And, you know, that could just be, you know, the kind of guy Jack is, but I do think he has some feelings for her. Yeah, I do too. Um, But the mystery I was getting at earlier was as they're leaving, um, they come across some kind of like transparent, weird thing Mm -hmm. down a trail. They see it and Kate goes, Jack sees it and Kate goes, yeah, I saw it as well. Right. Um, and then right after that, they hear the monster, right? The security system. Mm-hmm. I I'm trying to think to myself what I mean, what that thing can be. I mean, I mean, just like I said, we joked a long time ago about the predator, right. but that's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. I mean, it like it morphed to whatever was around it. It kind of you could see the images around it, right? You know, but you couldn't see it. Well, if you look real closely, I mean, I think Locke even makes a comment, if not in this episode, in the next episode, I can't recall, um, that that it was, um, I think he says something about it being... Smoke. Yeah, moving black smoke or color yeah, black smoke or something. That's the first... And that's what I see in this episode. When yeah. that thing moves through the jungle, it's like, um, it's smoke, but it it's also moving in a specific direction. It's not floating. It's not like a wisping... You know, right. Yeah. It, go, it takes off. Like it's like smoke that has like you know something that's guiding it. And mm-hmm. It's moving very quickly around. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, here you you know you see all of the, the things it does. It destroys mm-hmm. whatever's in its path. Right. And then it has this like real fluid like type of movement where it can move very fast mm-hmm. and very you know very just anywhere it needs to go. Right. But yet it can destroy mm-hmm. whatever's in its path as well if it wants to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think at this point, most people started calling the monster the smoke monster. Smoke monster. That's, that's what it became known as. So we'll, from now on, we'll just the call it the smoke, smoke monster. monster. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we, uh, I guess, can we talk about the fact that Locke, go ahead and go there where Locke, everybody else ran, but Locke runs towards this thing. Uh, let me see, look at my notes here real quick. Um, when, I don't want to get ahead of you too much. But. Yeah, I think it's coming up here in a minute. I did okay. have one more comment about 
um, arsed exploding. Oh. Um, Hurley believes that he exploded because he was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it was part of his bad luck. Mm-hmm. He tells Kate about, you know, how he thinks he's cursed. I don't think he tells her about his winning no, the lottery. No, or anything. He just tells her that he, he's cursed, mm-hmm. uh, which is new. I mean, he, I think she's only the first or second person he's told about it, yeah. really. And the next thing I had was a mystery. Um, when Locker Jack are working on removing, you know, some of the dynamite from the crate. Oh, yeah. Um, Locke jokes around about the game operation. operation. I used to love that game. <laughs> and he, you know, scares Jack to oh, death. Oh, my gosh. And Jack says, do you like to play games, John? And Locke responds, absolutely. Uh-huh. I instantly thought of the scene in the Deus Ex Machina where Locke is showing the mousetrap game mm-hmm. to the boy in the store. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jack gives him a very odd look, like yeah. he's just gotten an inside look into Locke's personality. Yeah, because I don't think Jack's uh, question was about board games. Right. You know, yeah. and the way he said it was about, you like to play you know, games, Locke? And Locke's yeah. like, absolutely. Uh-huh. You know, it's like this little, ugh. Yeah, and it's it's almost like, you know, part of what's going on on this island in some way is a game to Locke. Oh, yeah, he's enjoying it. And, and it made me wonder, like... Um, you know, to everyone else, this is like a big life and death situation. Yeah. But you wonder if Locke has an understanding of something that makes him not so worried about what's happening on the island. And it is kind of like he's treating it like a game. Yeah. And like it's it doesn't really have any lasting consequences. Right. And, um, but that's the only thing I could really take out of his comment. Yeah. That, you know, and plus Locke up until this point, uh, before the island, um, even when he had his legs, didn't have much going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like he just had his dead end job and just right. fantasy land. Now he's living. We yeah, we had a, a, a really good discussion about that in one of our very early episodes. Yeah. It may even have been walkabout, where um, you know Locke had a bad life sure. before he got here. I mean, it was just ultra depressing. Mm-hmm. Really, not much of an emphasis on or anything of any positive value in his right. life. And like getting to this island brought out every positive characteristic. I mean, he goes from the wheelchair guy yeah. into like, you know, Daniel Boone. Exactly. You know? He's like this ultra, you know, alpha male type and mm-hmm. hunting around for boars and, you know, throwing knives into trees. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I think even if he thinks if I die, at least mm-hmm. I die living. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I mean, rather than sitting back in some uh-huh. office in a wheelchair. Right. You know, so I kind of I kind of get his point from that. You know, I would much rather be locked on an island than I would be yeah. locked in a cubicle. And plus, you know, I mean, he has every reason to believe that if he's not on that island, he's not going to be able to walk. Yeah, yeah, and, he does. And, I, and you can understand then why he's so adamant to make sure that they stay there. Yeah, definitely. And he doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think he definitely has so much, you know, going for him on the island. It, I mean, mm-hmm. his, the island has given him everything that he desired. Right. The next thing I had was another mystery. Um, I think it comes in the timeline before the part you were getting ready to talk okay. about. So uh, Danielle comes running into the camp asking for Saeed. Right. And she seems really alarmed, like oh, freaked yeah. out about something. Uh, Charlie takes off to find him um, so he can bring him back. And once she's alone with Claire and the baby, seems really oddly obsessed with the baby, like stares at He's him. scary. You know, she asks to hold the baby and suddenly Claire notices... Four large scratches, mm-hmm. the same scratches we noticed in the last episode. Yep. Um, but she instantly has a flashback and remembers that she is the one that scratched Danielle. Yep, yeah. And we assume it's during the time when she was kidnapped from the camp. Oh, you assumed that. I did. I assumed when she was sleeping and she said they were after my baby. Remember, she woke up and, and she was fighting in that... Uh, 
you know, we see a scene where she's laying there. It's not the time she was kidnapped. It's when she's just laying there and she wakes up the first time and she screams. And right. they all come running to her and 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 they ask her what happened what happened uh-huh. and she says they were trying to trying to t- hurt my baby trying to hurt my baby mm-hmm. um because in the scene in the flashback scene just in this episode um you see her sleeping right laying down and sleeping and they take her then mm-hmm. not when charlie and claire were out in the jungle because mm-hmm. that's when ethan is that where you well no there there were Whenever she had the the dream or whatever mm-hmm. it was, whenever somebody attacked her in the night, yeah, you know she was asleep, right? And I don't, I think she woke up, you know, like just after they had run off, sure. And then the flashback she has where she remembers herself scratching Danielle, it's like they're both standing up and she's trying to get away from Danielle. Here we go again, me different from you, really? <laughs> yeah. Now see, yeah, like I mean, the first thing I thought was, oh, you know, this—the only time this could have happened is when it was a time we didn't see, like sometime when she was out in the woods. Plus, now here's something else. Okay. You know, obviously she lost her memory from all of that time. Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah. You know, why would she have a flashback to something before she was kidnapped? You know it makes much more sense to me that she would flash back to something that happened to her while she was kidnapped. Um, you know, since she has no memory of it anymore. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I would like to see the scene again, again because what, what it's very fast, yeah. but what it seemed like to me is like somebody reached around her right. and she, you know, cause we saw, we saw in this scene when this actually happened, right. Claire was frantically, going, you know, trying to fight, you know, mm-hmm. and then he looked like they had something in her hand that was going to hurt the baby or something. That's what she said. Right. So I like to watch it again because I, I assumed it was that moment that right. it was Danielle that was trying to inject her with the same stuff she injected Saeed with. Yeah. Well, let's check it out. What is his name? A child. What's his name? Oh, I, I haven't named him yet. May I call him? Um, wh- why do you need Saeed? You don't want me to hold him. No, I, I, I just fed him. I, I don't think it's a good idea, okay? Please. Yeah, see, they're standing up there, yeah. fighting in the jungle. Yes, I do see that. So Why did I, do that? I was wrong a little bit. Yeah, a little Why bit. Did I scratch you? <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's. I mean, it's pretty clear that you know, it wasn't whenever Claire was sleeping and she got yeah. attacked. It was you know, her and Danielle were in the woods for right. whatever reason, and she was trying to get away from Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I I actually had to uh, say that I was wrong on that one. They were standing <laughs> up. Um, <clears throat> they were uh, fighting, it seemed like, in the jungle. The surrounding looked like the jungle, not the beach. Right. Uh, I guess um, going back to just what my theory was before, is like I remember Claire saying something like, they were trying to inject my baby with something. Right. You know, and I was thinking to my acknowledge, acknowledgement, there's only one person that has a needle that we've seen on this Right. Island that mm-hmm. the other people we've seen, so that's why I may think it was at that time. But mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder when she did run into her. Maybe it was just when she, Claire was coming back right. to the group, and you know, Daniel 
seems to intercept everybody out there mm-hmm. in a jungle. That's a, that's a good thought. But I do now see why also she was, she left them so quickly at the boat. Right. She wanted to get back to them before. Yeah. Before Saeed yeah. got back to the camp yeah, or something. Exactly. Or, yeah. So, you know, of course, you know, Claire asks, why did I scratch you? You know, she's clearly starting to get scared as she realized that at some point, for some reason, she attacked Danielle. Well, yeah, definitely. And well, I don't think I was, uh, I wasn't alluding to Saeed. I was alluding to before um, Jack and Locke. Right. And them got back to the camp. Mm-hmm. That's why she left him at the boat and was like, I told you to get here this far and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wonder why Jack and Locke and, and those were more importantly, they, she wanted them gone right? when she did this. And quickly, I think the writers, you know, very quickly to make sure we didn't think that Danielle was like this, you know, one of the bad people. No. You know, Saeed figures out the reason why Danielle has done this sure. is because the others took her baby, you know, so long ago. And she thinks if she gives them Claire's baby, they'll give her baby back yeah, to her. Yeah, exchange. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think at this time we're supposed to think that Danielle's like no, secretly no. evil or anything, but we definitely do see there's some reason why Claire was trying to get away from Danielle. Yeah, definitely. Rather, Danielle was trying to help her or, yeah. you know, ran into her or right. whatever. It's but. very possible that, you know, at the time, at the time Claire, you know, either escaped or was let go to right. come back. Well, I guess she did escape because yeah. Ethan wanted her back. Yep. Um, at the time she was coming back to the jungle, it could be that somehow she came into contact with Danielle. Or maybe Danielle helped her escape. Right. But, and Claire had no clue who she was because she had never seen her, never right. heard anything about her, and obviously would have been afraid right. of who well, she was. You know, going to thinking, you know, it's uh, Danielle against these others, mm-hmm. and she notices that Claire's up there, you know, and she goes to help Claire. Claire doesn't know her. She's freaked right. out. She fights her. But yeah. yeah, Claire's, you know, Danielle's trying to help mm-hmm. her. I, I mean, I don't, it seems a lot more Danielle That seems like the most plausible yeah. thing right exactly. now. So back on the island, everyone is getting moved into the caves so they can have shelter from the others. Mm-hmm. You know, while Charlie and Saeed are off to find Danielle and get Claire's baby back. Right. Um, as they're on their way, Charlie and Saeed come across the plane wreckage where Boone oh, was killed. Yeah. And of course, you know, Charlie is confronted with his old demon, you know, heroin. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in this uh, episode, we also see a flashback to Charlie, how bad he was. Oh, yeah. Into yeah. it with these these type of, uh, and had a girl that was into it just as bad. And, mm-hmm. But I, I knew when they found the heroin that Charlie would come across at some point, you yeah. know, and it just. It was way too, uh, too convenient. It was, I think we even made the comment before that it was like, you know, Sai or Boone and Locke were kind of discovering one of the oh, future, yeah. you know, uh, what's the word tests. The island was getting ready for Charlie. No kidding. Like it's almost like, you know, like catching Santa Claus while he's leaving his gifts yeah. at night, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they kind of found the island's secret hiding place. And, <laughs> and it's just full of yeah. heroin. Right. I mean, I just wish Charlie would have like set the whole thing on fire and been uh-huh. done with it all, you know, no temptation, but there's so much, I mean, so much there. Yeah. And we'll come back to that obviously later on too. Uh, the next, I had a mystery here. Son asked Shannon if she thinks that everything that has happened to them that um, has happened to them because they were being punished, right? you know, punished for things they did before secrets. Mm-hmm. They kept lies. They told, uh, Shannon says, why do you, who do you think is punishing us? Right. Um, fate son says, 
Uh, Claire says, no one is punishing us. There is no such thing as fate. Right. I thought that was interesting coming from Claire because Claire is the one that saw the psychic. That right. She's into the psychic and astrology and that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this person had seen some type of fate in uh-huh. her life, and that's what's made her go to this island. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I don't get is, you know, before, whenever she had that conversation with Charlie and realized that this psychic knew all along, mm-hmm. Um, you know, why now she seems to be so anti-fate yeah, and I doesn't know. think that any of this stuff is going to come true. Maybe because her baby's just been taken and yeah. she, she doesn't think that it's ever going to be coming back to her. Yeah, maybe she's just so distraught because yeah. of that. Yeah, I think that's probably it. We'll, we'll, we'll let that one go on that. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that as it yeah. is for now. Uh, another mystery, they're having a discussion or a conversation about, you know, what they think is inside of the hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, Hurley names all sorts of these <laughs> creature comforts and, you know, TV dinners, Twinkies and all that stuff. Yeah. And he asked Locke what he thinks is inside and Locke says hope. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't know if this was, uh, a pre, uh, Obama campaign yeah. <laughs> or if it was, you know, I, I just, I, I believe that, oh, uh, um, Locke feels like whatever's inside that, that hatch mm-hmm. is going to bring him some hope and, or, and I don't know what that looks like for him. I don't know if that looks like a permanent spot on the Island, right? you know, yeah. or what, because it seems like all he has right now is just encouragement and hope. You sure. Know? Yeah. So now the next thing I had was the point you started to bring up about Locke, you know, and meeting up with the monster. Yeah. Oh, go, yeah. go ahead and take it off. Well, Locke runs towards the smoke monster, right? Uh, where everybody else, I mean, obviously naturally runs away, but Locke mm-hmm. hasn't, encountered it before uh that we th- we think it, he had right and um it's what it alluded to but as he runs towards it lot gets a whole different face right. when he's confronted with it mm-hmm. it's like this time he sees a different side of it right and um so he in return starts to run but it grabs a hold of him and starts pulling him mm-hmm. through the jungle towards a hole right and um that's where jack and kate catch up with him and i was so like just for one, I didn't know what had changed because we assumed that Locke wasn't as scared of it and because mm-hmm. he went towards it. But this time it looked like it was going to kill Locke. Right. And um, I don't know. I just, that's a big mystery to me that how, and in the midst of this, Locke still thinks that it's on his side. Right. That everything's okay. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting scene too. You know, like you said, the first time he saw it, it was a really positive reaction. Right. It changed his entire demeanor on the island. Yeah. And now he was expecting that same interaction, yeah. but instead his face turned to a really scary, you know, looking fear. Yeah. And then obviously it drags him through the jungle for quite a ways. Yeah, yeah. And tries to pull him into the hole. Yeah, that's it just it was uh, such a stark contrast to what he you could tell he was thinking something completely different. Right. It was just surprised him what he saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of surprised me that Locke, for some reason, can read this thing. You know, the first time he was smiled. Right. In the face of it. To this time, he was scared to death. I mean, how do you get a reading from smoke? Uh huh. You know, does it have some kind of face? Does it have some kind of like message going across? I'm about to yeah. kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's you like know? a marquee that's going yeah. across the bottom it's of the smoke. Speaks in digital and, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. But I'm like, how does Locke have a read on what this thing's about to do? Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. And, it just it's really interesting to me that the the smoke monster had one reaction to Locke the first time it saw right. him and a di- totally different one completely the completely opposite. Yeah. So 
we'll definitely have to revisit that later yeah. on. So I had a, another character bit here. Uh, okay. Jim, you know, starting to pick up some English, you know, through working mm-hmm. with Michael and through the guide that Sun created for him. Um, Michael gives him back the $20,000 watch yeah. that he was supposed to deliver to Mr. Pike's, you know, friend. Um, and Jen gives it back to him as a, a gift. Right, yeah. And allows him to keep it, which to me means he's decided not to follow through with delivering the watch like he was yeah, like definitely. He was told he has to do by the guy in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, I think the reunion um, with his old love um, for Son had maybe, I'm sure it just changed it put in perspective what was really important in his life right. and that he was going to do anything to be able to return back to that. And he knew as far as, you know, if he was ever with working for her father, mm-hmm. it was never going to be, you know, right. Well, but remember the guy in the bathroom told him if he did not deliver right. the watch that he would never see son again. Yeah. I, I, I thought though to that, you know, they think he's, he's dead at this point. You right. know, he's, I guess he's hoping he can get a new life, but also maybe he thinks he might die out there and see it too, you mm-hmm. know? And he's thinking, you know, I need to do the right, I want to do the right thing here by sure. Michael. Yeah, true. Okay. Uh, mystery. This is maybe not a, a severe mystery here, but I noticed, you know, after Hurley goes through all of that trouble to try to make his flight on time, mm-hmm. uh, the woman who lets him on the plane says, this is your lucky day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's probably you know, nothing at all, but it, I thought it was, you know, pretty ironic that, you know, what happened to that flight and he was so worried to get on it right. in time and, uh, it wasn't really his lucky day at all. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the fact he got on. I mean, that's about it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> everything else turned bad. The next thing I had was from the clip we heard at the very beginning of the show. It's the whole conversation that Jack and Locke had that really was pretty huge, Yeah, I thought. I mean, I, I wrote down, not word for word, but kind of the general idea here. Um, you know, Jack's wanting to know why Locke didn't want, you know, him to pull him out of the hole that yeah. the monster was pulling him mm-hmm. into. And, uh, you know, why he believed that he was not going to be killed by the monster. Right. And Locke says that he believes that he was being tested. Um, that the That's why you and I don't see eye to eye, because you're a man of science right. and I'm a man of faith. You know, do you really think all of this is an accident that we, a group of strangers, survived, many of us with superficial injuries? Do you think that we crashed on this place by coincidence? We were brought here for a purpose. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. Jack says, who brought us here? And Locke says, the island. You know this isn't an ordinary place. You've seen it. It brought you here too, Jack. He says that Boone was a sacrifice that the island required. Mm-hmm. Boone's sacrifice was part of a chain of events that led us to this place. It all ends at the hatch. And Jack says, I don't believe in destiny. And Locke says, you, yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big conversation because uh-huh. you got, I mean, Locke, that is, first off, like we talked about before, he's it seems like he's going to be killed or something's going to happen. Uh-huh. But, yeah, he has this idea that he's being tested where you know even he didn't want him to like throw the dynamite into the hole he wanted to he wanted jack to let him go so he could be taken mm-hmm. and i just I, I just don't i don't get that at all i mean just because i think if this thing's you first if you're scared by it right. it's pulling you into a hole i'd want to get out of there yeah and then with uh with jack it just to me it's like i i'm i understand where he's coming from and um, but I thought that last comment by Locke was so interesting. You just don't know it yet. You know, right. that you believe in destiny. You just don't know it yet. Like he, like Locke once again knows something 
it's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. going to bring, you know, right. Jack around. Well, and if, if Locke, I mean, I think his purpose right now is his primary goal is to discover the secrets of this island. Uh huh. And I think that he feels that that smoke monster is the, the kind of the most physical representation of True. of the mysteries of that island. True. And you know, if he had such a positive experience with it the first time, you know, he yeah, he wants to go along wherever it wants to take him. Yeah. And if he truly thought it wasn't going to kill him, maybe it was going to let him see something else or discover something new. Right, yeah. Obviously, he wants he to discover to that. Yeah, if it is a game to him, then he wants mm-hmm. to see everything he has the offer. Right. Yeah. Next, yeah. I had a mystery here. Um, they're setting the dynamite for the fuse, mm-hmm. and or they're setting the fuse for the dynamite. <laughs> and as Hurley's coming back from, you know, distancing the extra dynamite from the hatch so it doesn't blow up too, um, he drops the flashlight and notices the numbers are engraved on the side of the hatch, which we right. had known before. We saw it. Right, yeah. At the end of one of the previous episodes. With starts, numbers, I think it was. on. Yeah, I think it was numbers. Yeah. Now, to me... It would have been awesome if they would have saved that reveal. Yeah. And like until he dropped that flashlight and we saw the numbers yeah. were on there. I wonder why they decided to show us before. Yeah. I, I don't know. That seems like it was uh, maybe they didn't think people by this far into it would have caught on to the numbers. Right. But still, if Hurley would have been, no, no, you know, you know went, yeah, I think it would have been awesome. Yeah, along and dropping yeah. it. You'd have gotten chills exactly. when you discovered it. That would have been cool. Yeah. But of course, you know, Locke, there's no way Locke's going to let anything stand in the no. way of opening that hatch. So he rushes really quickly and lights the fuse and the dynamite goes off. Right. On the island, uh, Saeed and Charlie find the source of the black column of smoke. You know, this that signals the coming of the others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Danielle's hiding in the jungle. The baby's crying. So they know she's there. It's like she's trying to hide. And yeah. She's, you know, got this yeah, baby squealing away. And, um, you know, Danielle comes out of the jungle with the baby and says, they were not here. Right. I just wanted my, I just wanted my Alex back. Um, I thought if I gave them the baby, she trails off. Um, they get Charlie's baby back or Charlie's, they get Claire's baby back. And Danielle says she heard the others whispering that they were coming for the child, Mm -hmm. that they were coming for the boy. Yep. Mm -hmm. She thought she was wrong, but But she she was right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought that was awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, clearly, I mean, to this point, most of the whispering we've heard from these others, uh, which I have another point I got to make sure I come back okay. for that, um, has been like nonsense. We haven't sure. understand any of it. But the whispering Danielle's heard was clear enough that she formulated this whole plan based on what they said. Mm-hmm. I mean, why is it that you think, you know, what she's heard from the others has been completely discernible and what we've heard has been either reversed or really odd and messed up, or we haven't been able to tell what they've been saying. Well, she got sixteen years of experience of listening to this. <laughs> she's, you know, she's, she's learned a language. <laughs> yeah, she's got a she got. A, but outside of like that, that fake theory, I mean, really, right. I, I don't. Unless she's communicating, or well, no, she's not. She said mm-hmm. all she hears is the whispers. I mean, uh, I, I I have no idea. Another thing I picked up on, I don't know why I thought of this, but. Um, Back in the the episode um, where Saeed first runs into Danielle and she mm-hmm. traps him and and you know keeps him there in her hideout, um, she makes the comment. They're talking about the others. She's telling Saeed about the others, and he asks her if she's ever seen them before. Right. And she says no, but I hear them. They yeah. whisper. Mm-hmm. So I, I I guess I kind of forgot that. You know, Danielle's never seen these others. Right. All she knows is that they whisper. Yeah. So these whispering voices to her. 
and I guess to us for now, are the others. Yeah. That's all we have. That's, yeah, that's it. Which seems odd to me that, you know, so far we've kind of said that Ethan, um, yeah, Ethan was another. Mm-hmm. But why would Danielle have been there so long and only heard these whispers and never seen anyone like Ethan or any other other? Yeah, that's a good point that because she also says that they took her baby too. How could she not see someone take her baby? Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how she didn't have like direct Right. Vision, you know. Yeah, but it's just interesting to me that, you know, to Danielle, all these others are whispers. are whispers. Yeah. To us, they've become something People. totally different. Yeah. And I just thought, I thought that was really interesting. No, yeah, I, I because she's been there 16 years, I mean, and mm-hmm. they've been there a month and they've already seen they've seen Ethan and they've yeah. heard the whispers and, you know, uh-huh. it seems like they've progressed a lot further than she has. Yeah. Um back on the raft, uh, the people on the raft start to pick up something on their radar. Mm-hmm which is a really, really cool scene. Um, they fire their flares, and the dot on the radar starts to get closer. Yeah. Uh, the small boat gets to them finally and turns on its light. Um, a bearded man on board says, you know, what are you folks doing out this far? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's a good thing we found you. <laughs> Only oh, the, the thing is, we're going to have to take the boy. And they kidnap Walt, and Sawyer takes his gun out and shoots at some of the people on the boat. Um, the people on the boat take Walt, and drop a homemade bomb on their raft, yeah. completely destroying it. Yeah, I, I mean, I started thinking here. I was like, they, I mean, obviously the the flare is what gave them away. Mm-hmm. You know, they're out in the middle of the ocean. Right. You know, they couldn't find them. They had turned around to leave. Yeah. And you know, here Sawyer is like, "Fire it! I'll shoot you!" Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and they're all cheering and everything, but they almost escaped. Right. But no, as fate yeah. would have it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear your comments. I've I've seen that scene so many times. Like now, it's just yeah, Walt gets kidnapped. You know. Yeah. But I remember when I first watched it, like I just kept going over in my mind, like what it looked like. You know, like if the others were on another part of the island and they kind of took off in their boat to come mm-hmm. and try to find Michael and everybody else on the raft. And like, just what are your thoughts overall about this idea of these others being, you know, having this boat? And you know, it seems like they've got like some colony set up yeah. and they wait, they find out that Michael and everybody else is going to be leaving on the raft. So they take off in their boat and they mm-hmm. go out and try to find them. It just it makes these others seem not so mysterious. Oh, it's, it's like just, they're just normal yeah. people. They've got a boat. Yeah. To me, it seemed know? like they were just, I mean, they look like some Islander people, right. you know, like they lived on the other side of the Island. I mean, they uh-huh. weren't like dressed in anything nice. The boat right. wasn't anything extravagant. Mm-hmm. They, but they were, they were out, I mean, even to the point where it seems like they had complete power on the island, mm-hmm. but outside that island, they were, like I said before, leaving. They had, couldn't find them until the flare gun. Right. So, I mean, had they been on island, they probably could have found Walt or anybody right, right away. Yeah. But so. It's, but the, the thing that always got me was like, you know, I like to like start breaking down the details. Like they've got a boat, so they've got gas. Sure. And where are they getting the gas from? Yeah. You know, and they've got all these clothes and stuff, and the clothes aren't worn with holes all over them. No. So it's, you know, they've gotten updated clothes. Yeah, they seem like normal people. And it's it's just really interesting to think about, like, these others who have seemed like these supernatural beings, you know, it looks like now we're just like these normal people that happen yeah. to have a boat. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It kind of didn't, I mean, I have expected to see, like, 
the you know skeleton crew from Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean yeah. or something, you know. I mean, <laughs> floating across yeah, the water, some, and, yeah. the Black Pearl or something, yeah. you know. But it wasn't that at all. It was just so it was so normal uh-huh. that it kind of threw me. I yeah. didn't know what to think. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. And it's, um, I mean, we've been told so little about the others. I think there are probably things that have happened that we've said, oh, the others did that, yeah. and it probably had nothing to do with sure. them. But um, this is the first real good look we get at, you know, people who we assume are the others because yeah. Danielle heard him whispering about coming the for the boy. and Yeah, and, and what I don't understand is why now? You know, mm-hmm. why not a week before when Walt's running through the jungle? Right. You know, I mean, why is it now? Why after they launch and leave? Mm-hmm. Is that why? Did they know that Walt was trying to, they were trying to take Walt away from the island? Uh-huh. Had he stayed on the island, would they have been content with that? You know? Right. Well, maybe just because it would have been so much harder to, to capture him on the island whenever there were so many places he could run to. Mm-hmm. Whereas out there in the middle of the ocean, I mean, he's not going to swim anywhere. faster than they can, you know, yeah. drive their boat. True. So. But yeah, we'll come back to it at some other point. But it's just really interesting to me. Um, to think about the specific details of this others group, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and how they're living, where they're living at, the things they have access to. and Not nearly as scary as I thought they'd be. Yeah. You know, uh, Ethan was much more scary. They did seem kind of otherworldly, though. Like they were um, it's, not quite human. It was really weird. Not, not in any, like they look like no, aliens. No, no, but yeah. But they just like were completely detached from society. They wore these rags yeah. and they were just, you know, kind of, all the other people except for the guy with the beard were kind of, you know, back in the darkness. You mm-hmm. couldn't see them at all. And it's like he was the spokesman. They were kind sure. of just standing there. And it had an eerie element to it, that's yeah. for sure. So, I mean, I don't think they're just normal people. but No, no um, they don't have office jobs Monday through Friday yeah. and go to the island on the weekends. <laughs> well, they could, but we don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I might say that. And then, like, season three, I'm like, <laughs> they have office jobs Monday through Friday. <laughs> they're cubicle workers. Yeah. But so. we'll move on from that for now. Um I had a couple more notes here. Um, Aaron gets back to Claire, and we see that Charlie took one of the the, Mar- the Mary statues mm-hmm. filled with heroin from the drug smuggler's plane. Yeah, my worst nightmare for Charlie. Yeah. I was yeah. so hoping I wouldn't see that hanging out of his bag. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, if the island's going to have some, you know, punishment for Charlie for, for mm, going choosing. back to something yeah. that it got him over in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You also had said you had another thought on the whispers that we needed to come back to. No, it was about, you know, um, the whole issue of Danielle saying that she oh, okay. had only ever heard him whisper, but okay. yet we've seen them already. That's true. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wondered about that. All right, right on. A couple of other mysteries I found. We find out that the comic book that Walt was reading belonged to Hurley. Yep. Which he, I don't think he speaks. Yeah, I think he does. What? Speaks... Well, I mean, I assume if he had it, he speaks Spanish. Oh, it was in Spanish for whatever reason. I thought it was in like um, Korean or something. No, I think it was, it was in Spanish. Spanish. Uh, that's right. Actually, yeah, because Michael asked him, "You speak Spanish?" Yeah. yeah, that's right. And actually, I remember making a comment that Hurley could speak Spanish because of his mother, probably. Right. Yeah, like, I think you said, if I remember right, if I can go back and remember, you said, you know, maybe Hurley can speak Spanish and it belonged to him, but you weren't sure who the comic book yeah, belonged no, to uh, because nobody that we knew of spoke, spoke Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. yeah, we just heard his mother. Right. Yeah. And that, but that was in a much later episode. Yeah. So yeah. That, at that time, we didn't know about it. I think, well, oh, reason why, why did I say Hurley? Something, I don't know. There was some kind of indication that maybe he did, but I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, yeah, who knows? Yeah. 
Uh, the only other note I had was that the episode ends with Locke and Jack, you know, staring down into the newly opened hatch. Mm-hmm. The secretive, scary, creepy, uh, but full of possibility hatch. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that freaked me out. I mean, just because Hurley freaked out about opening it, so uh-huh. he didn't want to open it, and now this thing's sitting there open. Right. You know, and God only knows what's in it. And right. uh, I don't know. So I, that was definitely a... I, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, but had I been watching this for the first time, it would have been great because I've been like, oh, man, I can't wait till next season. But yeah. <laughs> I would have went crazy, I think. Uh-huh. So, Yeah, and it, it always is terrible because, I mean, the I started watching the show, um, the first episode of, of season two. Mm-hmm. And, like, once I, as soon as that episode finished, I was out on a rampage trying to find season one <laughs> so I could go back and watch everything right. I had missed. Yeah. And it, it is like since then though, for season, you know, three and four, I've had to wait that whole time right. to get to the next season. Now the killer is when they changed the show schedule. They went down from 24 episodes per season to like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. So now the break lasts from like May till February, huge, huge long breaks that you've got to oh do nothing gosh. but wait. And the 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 spoiler the like, what's not the spoiler, the cliffhanger on season two and season three are huge. Really, like it's like you you can't imagine how what the show is going to be like when it comes back because it changes things so much. See, between season one and two is kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. but season you know two ends and season three ends, and you're like what in the heck is lost going to look like when it comes back? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, uh, yeah, we've, I mean, we're, we've watched, um, one episode of season two now, That's obviously, it. because we have to kind of stay ahead of our, our show schedule. Right. Here. Um, but yeah, you're, you're getting a sense of the, some of the major changes they make each yeah. season, but I will, it doesn't spoil anything to tell you that each season they do try to do something to totally change the whole nature of the show. Really? Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a really exciting ride, you know, going through season one again. I think this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've watched season one. Wow. And um, it's been really, really awesome to go through it and get your perspective on it and talk with you about it and kind of learn tons of new things that I never noticed before. Yeah, I, I you know, and it's good to listen to it with you because um, you, you do a great job of not spoiling anything, but you know enough that you can ask me questions ask the, yeah, right, hopefully right, the right, right questions, questions. Yeah. yeah so it keeps me thinking constantly mm-hmm. i can't just i don't watch these episodes probably like a regular viewer right. i what i look for anything so uh-huh. sometimes i'm writing down stuff like anybody else see the mouse around yeah. the, you know you know <laughs> anybody else see the footprint in the jungle yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so but it actually makes the show that much more interesting for yeah me. i think we definitely got an exciting road ahead of us i mean it's going to get harder because there are a lot of mysteries in season one yeah. But it will get overwhelming as we get into season two, season three, season four. Right. Like, it's like, you know, every scene, there's a mystery that comes out. More reason we'll need all the listeners yeah, exactly. to help us out. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, um, this is our last episode of this season. Um, and next, uh, our next episode, which will actually be on Wednesday, just a couple of days here, will be for episode one of season two. And it's called Man of Science man of faith and it's a jack centric episode anything else from this episode at all that we need to cover i think that's pretty much it pretty pretty uh, great season Uh, yeah amazing season just there's some 
it's easy to forget, you know, how big of a change this show was from yeah. the shows that were on back then. And, it's, but it's, it's been like four awesome. years ago, you know, that I know, this it's, came out. That's crazy. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm obviously watching it for the first time, but it's, it seems so fresh and so new. Uh-huh even though I'm four years dated, you know, so. And yeah, I mean, we'll definitely have our rough spots ahead. Um, You know, there are going to be some episodes that we'll probably hate, you know, probably less than five, five to 10 episodes in total that we won't enjoy very much, but we'll still be here and we'll be covering them and finding any information on the characters or the mystery that we can bring out. Yeah. But before we close this episode out, um, I'd like to play a voicemail message we had, um, we really appreciate you guys when you call in and, you know, give us the information we're asking for and, you know, help shed some light on some of these issues. It's, you know, easy for us to miss things sometimes. The number is 765-439-4190. And give us a call anytime at all. We'd love to have your feedback. But here's the call. Hey, Anton and Evan. This is Amy from Tennessee. Um, and I was calling about your recent episode, um, episode 11 of season one, whatever the case may be, when you were talking about um, Kate being in the bank and asking, she had the other key, but um, why she didn't just like walk in and ask to see or to open the lockbox or whatever it's called anyways. Um, she said in there that she's not on the signatory card or something like that. So I guess you have to sign. I don't know. I've never used a bank box thing before. So anyways, but um, she did say that in there that she couldn't like sign to get into it. So anyways, just thought I would bring that to y'all's attention. Um, I'm loving the podcast and you can play this on the podcast if you want. And I can't wait for the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Amy. Uh, we really appreciate you calling in. <laughs> we yeah. Were, we were having quite a conversation about that because it really made no sense to us, you know, why if Kate had you know, one of the two keys that she needed, why just she didn't go just go in and exactly. pretend that it was her lockbox. I guess she needed some type of signature or some sort. Yeah, a signatory card. I, I I'm not familiar with it either. I've never had a lockbox. I'm not sure what that is, but... I, guess, I think it's probably something where you, you have to sign to get into it and it yeah. has to match a signature on that card or something, but yeah, I'd have to look at it. But, you know, yeah, thanks for calling in and clearing that up. I'd, I kind of remember her, her saying something about a signatory card in the episode, but yeah. I'd, I'd have to go back and watch it. But again, yeah, we'd love to have more people call in, especially as we get into season two here and the mysteries start to pile up one after the other. Uh, 765-439-4190. Is that it? That's it. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this 23rd episode of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. We'll be back to you on Wednesday and hope you all have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, And also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.